I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hello and welcome to episode number 554 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. I'm Sarah Wendell and today my guest is Monique Patterson. Back in February, Tor announced that they have a new romance imprint called Bramble and Monique Patterson sat down with me on her first day as VP and executive editor of Bramble to tell us all about it. We also discuss how romance has changed and evolved over her career as an editor and about being a nerd in many areas, including sword collecting and baking. I want to thank Sarah Reedy, who is the VP and Executive Director of Publicity at Tor, for helping set up this interview. And I really want to thank Monique for sitting down with me on her first day on the job. Hello and thank you especially to our Patreon community. Thank you so much for your support. It keeps me going. It makes sure that every episode has a transcript. Howdy, garlic knitter. If you would like to join our Patreon community, have a look at patreon.com slash smartpitches. Monthly pledges start at $1. You can pay for a year up front and every pledge is deeply appreciated. I also want to say hello and welcome to Tracy, who is one of our newest members. This episode is brought to you in part by my favorite nerdy vitamin ritual. Perfection is impossible, so please let yourself off the hook with Ritual. Ritual knows it's almost impossible to get every nutrient you need 100% of the time, so they've made a multivitamin that helps you complete any gaps to support your health. As I've said before, I'm very much a set it and forget it kind of person because I never know what day or year it is. I like solutions that are easy, that I can trust, and that I don't have to think about. I like Ritual because I never have to remember to order more. And I know what each ingredient is and where it came from inside the Essential for Women 18 Plus because of the traceable supply chain. I also love how easy it is with Ritual. My multivitamins are delivered to my door every month with free shipping always, and I can start, snooze, or cancel my subscription at any time. 
Plus, the Essential for Women is one of the very few women's multivitamins that's USP certified, meaning what is on the label is what is in the formula. It's also soy-free, gluten-free, vegan-friendly, and formulated without GMOs. I like my nerdy vitamin. Instead of striving for perfect health, aim for supporting foundational health. And great news, Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash Sarah to start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. This episode is brought to you in part by my favorite, comfortable, washable shoes, Rothy's. I have decided after three years of pandemic that I am going to finally clean out my closet and donate some clothes and streamline my wardrobe. And am I getting rid of any of my six pair of Rothy's? Absolutely, I am not. I can refresh my clothing as much as I want, but my collection of comfortable woven shoes is not going anywhere. Every time I have to dress up, I start with my shoes and I start with Rothy's. Each Rothy's style is woven with a sustainable signature thread that's made from recycled materials, which makes them very soft and very flexible. Plus, they look good and feel great right out of the box with no break-in period. There are so many style options and colors, and I've tried almost all of them. I have the flat, I have the point, I have the loafer and the lace-up sneaker, and I wear those every time I fly. They're versatile. They come in so many incredible colors. Going to the Rothy's website is a very dangerous proposition. And as I have mentioned, they are all washable. If they get dirty, I chuck them in the washing machine. They come out looking new. Even my points that are six or seven years old at this point. For stylish and comfortable shoes, shop Rothy's. Get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash Sarah. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash Sarah. This episode is brought to you in part by Pear Eyewear. I love my pair eyeglasses. It is so fun to switch up how my glasses look because with pair eyewear, I select a base frame and then they have customizable magnetic top frames that are available in hundreds of colors and styles so I can make my glasses look different so easily. I love how practical my eyeglasses are too. The base frames I have are a remixed blue tortoise and it's in the Finley style. But my top frame, as I've mentioned, is my sunglasses, which means I don't have to carry a separate pair. I just pop the top frame onto my eyeglasses. It takes up no room in my bag and keeps my eyes very happy. I've also mentioned before that I have always worn glasses and I have always worn bifocals, which can be very expensive. But with pair, the base frames start at 60 bucks and I can add top frames with limited edition collections like ones developed in partnership with art museums. I love the variety in how my glasses look and I love knowing that every pair I buy means that pair provides eyeglasses to a child in need. I've worn eyeglasses since I was two, so that really speaks to me. Just don't try to flush your glasses down the toilet like I did when I was two. Get glasses that stay as fresh as your unique style with Pear. Go to PearEyewear.com slash Sarah for 15% off your first purchase. That's Pear, P-A-I-R, Eyewear.com slash Sarah. Are you ready to learn more about Bramble? Let's do this thing on with the podcast with me and Monique Patterson. First of all, I'm really happy to be here and talking to you. I love smart bitches. Yeah. <laughs> have for years. Big fan, big fan. Um, and uh, my name is Wilma Patterson, um, and I am the VP Editorial Director of Bramble um, at the Tour Publishing Group, and I oversee all aspects of uh, Bramble um, itself, as well as acquire titles for it, um, along with other editors um, here at Tour. And today is your first day as the VP and editorial director of Bramble, right? Yes, it is. Okay, so how many cups of coffee have gone into today? 
Um, I'm actually doing really well. I actually left the house with my coffee mug sitting on the, the counter. Oops. <laughs> but I did have a Red Bull and it's still keeping me going. That'll go. I mean, I've driven away with my coffee on top of my car. So just leaving it on the counter is probably a, a, a win overall. Yes. <laughs> so I am very excited about Bramble. Um, I did an episode with Amanda, who's my co-pilot at Smart Bitches. And one of the things we talked about when we were trying to predict the trends of publishing, which as you know, is a terrible idea to do with any kind of, you know, recording going on. Um, we, we were both talking about how we think there's going to be more fantasy romance and more romance with fantasy and science fiction elements, because that's an area that we're seeing getting filled in. And I always get requests for it from readers. I'm looking for more science fiction romance. We have a bunch of questions about Bramble because we're so excited about it. I know that the press release has a lot of words in it, and I have some questions about the words, but will Bramble focus on fantasy and science fiction because, you know, it's part of Tor? And if I think of Tor, I think of those genres. Or is it going to be a wider acquisition? Um, it, that is an excellent question and something I love talking about. Um, it is going to be a, a wider, um, you know, um, a swath of, you know, kind of different subgenres. So for instance, of course, yes, we're going to do fantasy and science fiction romance, um, because I think we're particularly suited for it, but of course, um, but we're going to be doing you know, contemporary as well. Um, we'll be doing uh, in a select way, like some historicals. So there really isn't a thing that we won't actually, you know, do in terms of like subgenre. Um, so it's it's going to be all, it's going to run the whole gamut. So, you know, when we say there'll be something for everybody, I like to think that we're going to definitely come really close to fulfilling that for people. Right. And I noticed that the launch titles are fantasy and science fiction titles. And I'm assuming that was a deliberate choice given the strength of the brand that you're working with, with Tor. Yes. Um, So yes, we thought about very carefully, like when we wanted to launch, what we wanted to launch with. Um, But then you'll see as we're going into 2024, you're going to see more of what I'm talking about. (laughs) Can you, can you share news? Do you have titles? Can you tell us things? I do, but not yet. (laughs) Okay. we, We get to find out at some point, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, like I said, we're all very excited about this. Now, one of the major questions that we have from the press release and a lot of the people in my podcast, Patreon, we're asking as well. um, There are two things that we want to clarify we're very curious about. One was in the press release, it says, whether the last page holds happily ever after to be continued or an ending that isn't so simple. And and I'm sure you know that when you you come up against the HEA with romance readers, uh, the reaction can be, immediate and loud and a lot of confusion has has generated from this press release will the presence or absence of an HEA be communicated to readers uh, you know it, it isn't like a, a conversation we've had you know very directly yet but right. I, I come out of from like I was birthed in romance as a, <laughs> funny <laughs> enough me too yes <laughs> like if so you, you know this community America, then Yes. I mean, I was at Avon Books when I first got into publishing. You know, the first book I read was, you know, Joanna Lindsay's, her very first um, Mallory Christmas novel. You know, mm. so I, I, I've i been steeped in romance. So my expectation when I pick up something that you tell me is a romance is to have happily ever after. And if that doesn't happen, I am upset. Yes. Even say. So, yes, I'm going to say yes. Um, how we'll address it, and you know, et cetera. Not completely sure, but it'll be addressed because I just, 
I think you have to because yeah. I personally just want to know. Right. That's, that's happening. <laughs> that was my first thought. Like, ride, I just want to know that when I get to the end, if I'm reading a romance, they're walking off happily with each other. Yeah. <laughs> Well, my first thought was, Monique's not going to let us down. There's no way. (laughs) Oh, no, not with that. (laughs) No. I'm also curious about the heat level elements of the of the press release. I love how I'm doing this whole podcast. Like I read the press release so closely, so many times. (laughs) And I don't usually do that with new imprints. Like I'm very, very excited about Bramble. Um, The heat level is, is also going to have a wide variety, which I think reflects the trend in romance. And there are people who want as much sexing as is humanly possible, possibly extra human, like lots more sex. And then there's people who are like, I would prefer none. Thank you. And I know that you've, you've said in the, in the press release that you're going to have a wider variety of heat levels. Um, Mm -hmm. Is that something you've put some thought into how to signal the heat level? I mean, I think it's, it's in the same way that we've always done it, you know? So like, when I was at Avon and then when I was at St. Martin's, um, we never put like, uh, you know, any kind of, you know, like how many chili peppers? I love using the peppers as a signal of the heat level. Like I, one through five. I love using that. <laughs> I, I think it's extremely clear. Like if you tell me yeah. something is five peppers, I'm going to be like, I understand what I'm going into here. Yes. Um, and so, but we've never done that. We never like put it on the book and said, this is three, this is four. This is what we have done is, um, usually signaled it through the packaging, you know, so what kind of cover and what we're saying in the copy. So like you knew, you know, like the difference between when I was publishing, say, um, Francis Ray, you know, um, back in the day and Laura Lee, like you, you picked up those two books and you're like, one of these, I mean, the Francis Ray may be like, you know, off the chain hot, you know, but mm-hmm. this normally definitely is because, you know, the, everything about this packaging says that. And I think, you know, that's what we definitely want to continue to do is, um, you know, and I think romance readers have become, you know, they have always been very savvy about picking that out. And I think, you know, we really want to target the audience, you yeah. know, so I don't want, um, say, someone who's who reads um, something that's very, very clean. I'm not going to package it that way. You know, right. if it's not, you know, if it's a really like, Oh, they're swinging from the chandeliers. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm going to signal that in the packaging. And so that's what we're definitely going to do. And it sounds like you've thought a lot about the language of the packaging, that it's not just the cover copy. It's, it's also the image on the cover. And that's actually kind of a challenge, I think. Um, and one of the reasons I'm really glad I don't work in, in publishing and making these decisions, because it's very hard to signal heat level with a cartoon cover. With the illustrated yeah. cover, it can be very hard to signal heat level. Yeah, it can. And I think, you know, we have other things that we'll be playing with, you know, like when you're talking about the I think that can be the challenge of like, say when you're doing rom-coms yeah. because in general, rom-coms have a certain kind of look so that you can definitely signal to a rom-com reader. This book is for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can be hard to say super hot and sexy, but you can say it in the copy. You know, yes. you can say this super, hot. you can, you can basically just say it outright, you know? Um, and I have, you know, um, at times. Um, they will go but- to bone town. <laughs> I'm going to use that. <laughs> okay. So I, what I want is like a little road sign, like New York, Sydney, Bone Town. That's what I want. If I see that, I'll be very excited. Right, right. 
so um so yeah you know that 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 can be like you just like you have to choose like where you can like play it up but there's there's room to do that and it's our job to try and do that to the best of our ability and it sounds like you have a very solid grasp of who the audience for bramble is too yeah you know um and that's you know something that is going to continue to evolve as, as we you know, which is what I want it to, to do. Like mm-hmm. as things are coming in and we're falling in love with the projects, um, you know, seeing who we can reach, you know, um, my whole goal is really to try and do the best job as possible by the author and the book. Um, and, you know, the idea of, you know, trying some new things is, I mean, it's, it's not going to be like, I don't want to oversell and say like, oh, we're going to just do all oh, radical new things that no one's ever seen before. I think you have to be extremely thoughtful if you want to be successful about what you're trying to do, you know, on all levels, who are you trying to speak to? Who are you trying to reach? Are you saying it in the right way with all the things, the book itself, the copy, the packaging? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm really excited by this, uh, by the, by the imprint. I think in part because it's coming from an imprint that already has such a solid base in fantasy and science fiction, but also um, in publishing books of different lengths, like the the Murderbot novellas came out of of Tor, and right. one of uh, one of my podcast Patreon supporters, Kate, was wondering: Are you also going to be doing shorter works with Bramble? Or are you going to publish novellas as well? Um, so, yes, definitely. In terms of um, so, let me let me answer this. Like there's, there's my wish that I actually even haven't talked to Davey about, but I want to do at some point. We will just speak it into being. We will just, we will just manifest it through this conversation. I'm like, well, I said it on Smart Bitches, so we have to do it. Sorry. There there was a whole recording and everything. (laughs) Um, I love anthologies um, and I've always loved doing them. And I definitely want to do some going forward. I mean, the appetite for them has, um, shifted a bit. So you have to, I have to be like, you know, careful in terms, uh, careful in terms of like, um, making sure that it's going to be what the audience actually wants, you know? So, so I definitely will do that. Um, and in terms of like shorter works, I've already started having dreams of like what I might want to do in that space. And they're just dreams right now that I haven't even spoken, (laughs) spoken out loud. Um, but I could see, I could see us doing that. I yeah. definitely could see us doing that. Like I personally would love to do that. Um, you know, at some point, I don't know if it's going to happen year one of Bramble, but you never know. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> what was the process of developing Bramble like? Was this your idea? Was this uh, an idea that was floated in a large meeting over a very large conference table? Like what led to Bramble being Bramble? Um, so this was, uh, you know, Davey has always been a huge fan of romance. Um, and and we've known each other for years. Like we, we were, you know, as she puts it, we were babies in the business together. So we both were, uh, she was at Morrow and I was at Avon. This was even before it was acquired by HarperCollins. Like when it was owned by the Hearst Corporation, like nobody remembers that. But Long time ago. (laughs) Long time ago. I think that predates me. And I've been doing this for 17 years now. I think that predates me. It does. Yeah. <laughs> so we've known each other for that long. Um, and she's always been a fan of, of romance. Um, so we've, we've, we talk romance and we've remained uh, friends over the years. And so, you know, when, um, you know, she came to me to say, well, this is, this is what I want to do, you know, and if I wanted to be a part of it, um, 
the way she was talking about it, I knew that this was part of, this was her brainchild and she had been thinking about it for, you know, Mm -hmm. quite some time. Um, And that it was a definite part of the future growth of, of tour, you know, of the tour publishing group. Um, So in terms of like, you know, all the meetings that may have happened, I wasn't, you know, privy to those. All I knew was that this was something that Davey had a vision you know, for wanting to, you know, expand in this place and to work with someone who also loved it, you know, as much yeah. as she did or more, you know, so here we are. <laughs> and and she obviously knows your fluency in the genre. Yes. Professionally. Yes. It's not like you're just, you've, you've never experienced all of the things that have happened in romance over the past, you know, two and a half decades. Yes. I think for me, one of the things that is so exciting is that so much of the news right now in media and in publishing and in other other publications is contraction and layoffs. And yes. we're not doing this anymore. And we're closing this down. And this website is ending. And this, these people have gotten laid off. And it's just really just depressing. Mm-hmm. And so to hear, like, here's a new imprint, like, I'm so happy. Has the response <laughs> been similar to, like, oh, yay, a new thing? Has the response been as positive and engaging? It has been insanely good. Like I, and I say insanely good because I'm so excited about it. And then, you know how like you're super excited about it and eat about something. Oh yeah. And then like maybe everybody else isn't as excited about it. It doesn't dampen what you're, you're like, I know, I know this is going to be great. I, you know, that hasn't even been, it hasn't even been that. It's like, I was super excited. And then everybody else was like, yay. And I was like, yay. (laughs) So it's been great. You know, people have been coming forth uh, with, projects that have been like that are like really wonderful and it's almost like it's almost like people were waiting for this moment you know like I feel like I was waiting for this moment and they're waiting for this moment and here we are yeah and the reception has been really fantastic um people are excited I think you know sometimes you get to feeling like I don't know like you're the only one who wants a thing like you know that's not true like I know I, I I publish romance my entire career. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's been the conversation of, well, we're not really doing, you know, whatever within the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I'm sitting here going like, but I still want all the things. I still want all the things. Yeah. And I see other people out here who want all the things. Yep. So it's, it's, it's been kind of like that level of excitement, you know, where everybody's just super, you know, like it's almost like a new theme park is opened and everybody wants to ride all the rides. <laughs> I bet so. you got so many email messages from agents like I have the perfect project for you because there yes. really is a sort of a a vacancy in in the initial titles that are part of the launch for Bramble. Those are titles that people are like, oh, I want to read another book like this, but there aren't that many. I want to read another book like like the Maxwell book, but there aren't that many. And when someone right. comes to us and says, all right, I really would like cozy space romance like that's not a really big list of books right now like I can give you some ideas but some of them are out of print right so now you have the opportunity to be like I'm sorry cozy space romance please give me one second (laughs) yeah actually as we speak I think I have something that is exactly that in my inbox right now I think Okay, so when this episode when this episode goes out, somebody is going to be listening. They're going to be like, "Tell me what it is, please." <laughs> <laughs> like we do a regular feature called the Rec League, where people ask us, "I'm looking for a book like this, or I'm looking for this flavor. Or I'm looking for books that have these criteria." 
And one of the recent one was, I want cozy space romances. I want cozy stories about character-driven stories set in space as opposed to plot-driven stories set in space, which are great, but there's lots of those. And romance is generally a very character-driven genre. So combining those two is awesome. Yes. (laughs) Now, you have worked in publishing and in romance, as you've said, for 25 years, which is amazing. (laughs) What are some of the changes that you've witnessed over your career? And and what are some of the changes you've appreciated in the romance genre? I love, 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 love when I get a chance to talk to someone with as deep a knowledge base as yours, because you've seen the genre evolve even longer than I've seen it evolve. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think... It's hard to kind of like pinpoint like, oh, this one change because right. romance it has continued to evolve in this fantastic way. I mean, like you can see how it has evolved. Um, and I think it's the, that's kind of the coolest thing about it. You know, um, people like to, and they say this about other things, you know, like, oh, that's dead and this is dead. And, and the thing about romance, even it doesn't even matter what subgenre you're talking about. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. It never dies. It's always going through an evolution, you know. And it is one of those genres that it's like, you can kind of see when, uh, you know, the younger generation is coming into yes you know they're coming out of young adult and they're coming into romance and how they start to influence you know by by their own kind of like what they want to see in the market how that ends up starting to shape um what we end up publishing and the authors that kind of rise to the fore the new voices that we get to discover um and i remember i mean you know when i was like a kid and i wasn't supposed to be reading adult romances at all yes i know all the words to that song yes (laughs) (laughs) the romances that i was reading like then they were great but i mean oh my goodness we would have some issues we'd have some issues oh yeah you know there's like highly questionable things going on in there. And I understand them within the context of the time that they were written yes. and what women were allowed to do, you know? It, it, yes. There is also the whole conversation about what 
was understood to be cool and not cool. Mm-hmm. But then there's also the conversation about what women were actually allowed to express yeah. and how they tried to work around that. So there's all kinds of stuff at play in there. But, you know, it's just, and even the role of women and how, I think that's the coolest thing I love I, I, about it is the role who women are allowed to be in these books, even though they were always written by women, the women that we see coming out, you know, in these books now, they are so much more fully themselves that they have a lot more agency, you know, and I knew, I know that was always the point of romance. I would never say that. I think it's about one of the first places where women were allowed to express any kind of like kind of, agency especially sexual agency sexual agency especially yes so i I think that that's always something you can say about romance and that has continued to evolve and now you have you know i remember where it was there was a time where i think it was like um, wasn't that popular for a woman to be like a neuroscientist or you know or or anything like there were just certain careers that like if she was that you buried it in the copy yeah (laughs) you know and now she's allowed to be that and now it's a whole field of stem romances and women in sciences and yeah yeah so i think that's been the coolest thing is just to see how romance has continued to evolve you know and that's a testament to the people who are writing it you know and that's a testament to the people who are fans of it yep you know, that I think that says something really badass about this community. You know, like we're just we just keep evolving. And mm-hmm. I think that is really cool. <laughs> I call that the uh, the Bruce Springsteen theory of publishing, especially in romance. There's a, a song by Bruce Springsteen called Atlantic City. I used to live in New Jersey, so it was like the law that I'd be very familiar with the discography of Mr. Springsteen. <laughs> but everything <laughs> dies. That is a fact. But maybe everything that dies someday comes back. Mm-hmm. And and that's so true in romance. Like, I remember when we started Smart Bitches in 2005, it was all paranormal all the time. Vampires all the way down. Werewolves, absolutely. Everyone in the urban fantasy was sort of getting started because you'd have the heroines with the legs straight in the leather pants and then the urban fantasy belt with those yeah. those square rivets all over it and there's only that yeah. I, I know i'm on to you publishing i know there's only that one belt <laughs> and you just shared it among all the cover shoots right it was just the one belt it was a hot topic belt seem, right that would seem to be the case like who's got the belt now <laughs> i need the stud belt please i have a i have i have the leather pants but they don't have the belt and that and paranormal romance especially vampires and werewolves I think because it was before social media, that trend took a long time to die out. Yeah. And now it's coming back, but you see the characters who have these powers, they're women. Yeah. You have women entering menopause with magical powers. You have women who are witches. You have covens. Covens is so hot right now, which I am so glad for. Yes. And everything yes. dies and everything comes back. And so... What I love having looked at romance for so long is knowing that whoever writes to me and says, I can't find this. I'm like, I promise you in like five years, it'll be nothing but this. You're okay. It's all right. You're going to be good. This is true. (laughs) So do you have predictions as to what will be the trends? Can you make predictions or is that not allowed in publishing professionalism? I I mean, I'm sure some people try. I never, I never try it because I, I, I don't, I don't feel like. I would be any good at trying to make that prediction. Um, it's so hard. Like, and, and let me, don't get me wrong. Like we all, 
try to make these kind of predictions. Oh, of course. It's a business. There's there's like a making money part of the business. Yeah. Right. You know, so you're always trying to be like, okay, I think, I think this is going to, this is something that's about to take off. You know, what you were saying about, you know, paranormal fantasy, you know, et cetera. I mean, like, of course I can say that. Like, I think we can all clearly see that that's been on the rise. Um, I, I'm super excited to see, you know, even more kind of like dark romances, you know, coming into the paperback space. You know, I want, the, I want them in every space. I'm like, I want it on audio, I want it in paperback, I want it in ebook, I want it, I want it everywhere. Because I love dark romance. I think that's something that is starting to come back, but I also say that because that's what I want to happen. Of course. <laughs> that's what I want to see happen. I mean, it never went anywhere, but it was, you know, like I, I, you know, in terms of, ex- it, like I said, expanding and being in more spaces and more formats, you know, et cetera. Yep. And I am going to be publishing some of it. So there's that. Yeah. And the other thing I find so fascinating right now about romance readership is that romance readers are very empowered. And I think this is part of coming out of YA when YA was so big and so lucrative and so fan oriented. Those readers are now adults who are like, I would like this. I would like more non-binary characters. I would like to see neurodivergence portrayed in more than just one way. I would like to see a lot more expression of sexual identity and trans identity. And one of the things that I love about Tor is how much that has happened, that you have trans characters and that it's not much like any marginalized identity coming into a mainstream. It's not the story of the struggle. It's not yeah. just the struggle. It is the existence and the beauty of it as well. Is that, are yeah. those things we'll see in Bramble? I hope, I hope, I hope. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I don't know how you can know that there's more to your world and not include it, you yeah. know, unless, unless your goal is to try and not see it. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a woman of color, which doesn't mean that I automatically understand anything. Right. But I do understand some things yeah. <laughs> and the desire that I've always felt to see people like me, you know, in stories and not just black women, but like nerdy black women, you know, because oh, yes. I'm a nerdy black woman <laughs> <laughs> and I always have been in more ways than like one, not just the books, but I'm like, I'm a nerd in a couple of different ways. Um so there's, you know, just and 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 realizing that, you know, there's there's just so many wonderful stories and characters to be seen on the page. There's so many wonderful characters like in our world. And I'm yeah. like, how do you how do you not explore that? How do you not have that on the page? Especially when you know that there are people who are like, I want to see myself. I will buy that book. Oh, I'm yeah. like, I'll give you that book. Yep. <laughs> Yes. That's that's why I wrote a Hanukkah romance because I got so many Christmas romances on my porch come September, October. And I'm like, hold up. It's eight days. Yeah. There's candlelight. It's super romantic. The food is fried <laughs> and delicious and it's super hot. And I want to see I want to see nerdy Jews at summer camp. So I wrote them down. Yes. And that was yes. that was my first my first romance fiction publication that I wrote. It scared the poodle out of me to do that. But that's what I wanted. <laughs> I wanted to read. I basically wrote my own catnip. That's what I wrote. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. Yep. So do you remember the first titles you worked on when you were at Avon? And how um, different are they from the books that you read and encounter now? You know, not radically different. I, I don't remember the first, first books. Now, the interesting thing is I do remember the very, very first book that I ever acquired. 
as an editor. And actually I just did a Facebook post about this. Um, it was called, uh, it was by Rebecca Wade and it was called, it was an outlaw. Hold on a second. I'm, I'm oh, that right is, now. that is, or you just said outlaw. I'm like, yep, I know exactly what era we're talking about. <laughs> so this, it was a cowboy romance. Yep. And another on, genre I, that's come was, back now that I think about it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's super interesting. Like you said, you know, things die and they come back again. Yep. Um, an unlikely outlaw. Yes. An unlikely outlaw by Rebecca Wade is the first romance that I ever acquired and published. I started in, um, at Avon and I think I bought that book like somewhere between like four to six months after I started as an uh, assistant editorial assistant. Um, and I published, you know, we published that book and yeah, it was a sexy cowboy romance <laughs> i am i am looking at the cover there are horses running around in the background the yes. grass is exhaling his shirt is long gone <laughs> yep yes yep he is hiking up that skirt oh yes, yes. oh he's showing a little leg <laughs> things are about to go down in bone town meadow it's 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 going to be interesting Wow, that is located Bone Town Meadow. <laughs> Bone Town Meadow is in Texas, of course. I mean, of course, there's many Bone Town locations, but this is Bone Town Meadow. Oh yeah, horses <laughs> are like, whoa, whoa, whoa! We were here first. What are you doing? Right. Wow. I wonder if yeah. that's true for most editors that you remember the first book you acquire. Yeah, I don't know, but it's that was I do remember, and I still have. I have the, you know, I have a copy of it at home, you know, and. Oh, obviously. I have a copy of the first romance I ever read. Ooh, is it problematic? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. my goodness. For, for I know. Probably. Ooh, forced seduction. When you go back and look at stuff, you're like, ooh, okay. Oh, yeah. And this was like 1993, <laughs> 1994. So the, the politics of being eager to have sex were not a thing that were written into the pages. They had to work around desire on the part of the female as something that was being visited upon her. And yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. I remember. <laughs> oh, yeah. And how, how, how amazing it is to know that you acquired an unlikely outlaw and now you're acquiring Jennifer Armentrout. And even those are totally different genres and very different portrayals of agency. The heart mm -hmm. of that story is still going to be a romance. Yes. I think of like when you think about how, you know, talking about the book that I first acquired and actually just to be clear, that's uh, the editor for uh, Jennifer is Allie Fisher, who is amazing. Yeah. Uh, how there are certain things that we don't like in terms of like what we want as romance readers, you know, kind of stays the same. There's some core things that stay the same. Absolutely. But then there's also this, you know, evolution of, you know, the characters, their agency, who they are in the world, how they see themselves and how we, how, how that can happen with the core things that we still want always just kind of like everything revolves around that. It's, yeah. it's, it's all tied together. It's all necessary. It's all, all of it matters. All of it plays off of each other. Yep. Um, but, you know, it's how like you know, you and I can sit here and talk about like, oh, I remember back then and we loved it. Yep. We didn't know her, but we loved it. And yep. then like now today we're like, you know, we're different people. We're older. We're hopefully a little bit wiser. Oh, gosh, I hope. <laughs> and grown up, you know, and and all that stuff. And we love it still, yep. you know, it's a new iteration in its new form. And then we're probably going to love it in its next 
iteration, which yeah. is being right now, you know, I believe. <laughs> oh, I, I, I wouldn't still be running the site if I didn't think that was true. You know, I, I think the longevity of romance and other forms of genre fiction are drastically underestimated. Now, you mentioned a few minutes ago that you are a nerdy Black woman in a number of ways. What are the ways in which you are nerdy? I wish to know, please, if you don't mind sharing. <laughs> this is, this is very oh. relevant to our interests. Because we're basically well, ro- nerdy romance fans at Smart Bitches. It's kind of how we roll. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I don't know. This is not necessarily, well, maybe it is nerdy. But anyway, um, so, you know, I love things like, you know, I'm a big anime fan, you know. I'm trying to think if I've done cosplay. I haven't done cosplay, like, directly. Like, I've done dress up at, like, Comic-Con. Right. You know? I think that, that counts. Party. Yeah. Loved it. And, you know, absolutely. We'll do it again. <laughs> Well, it's just another expression of agency, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, I love things like appreciation of the weapon, which so which is like samurai sword. So I began collecting those. It's a small collection at this point, very small. Um, and I've been thinking, I kind of like collect samurai swords the way I collect my tattoos or do my tattoos. So it takes me, you know, it takes me a long time to kind of like figure out what I want next, yep. you know? Um, so like I can spend five years just kind of ruminating on what I want and then I'll decide, oh, I, that's the tattoo that I want. So I kind of approach my samurai swords the same way. Like, what do I, what do I want? So I just kind of like circle around and just kind of look at things and, you know, and then someday I'm going to be like, that's the next one. That's so cool. <laughs> Please tell me you bring your samurai swords to, to sales meetings. <laughs> Like they're in your office, like, okay, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta talk to Monique about budget. Does she have a sword? (laughs) I like, I guess you could say technically I do. Like if I, if I'm in, you know, the room where they're mounted on my wall and they can see them behind me while I'm presenting. (laughs) So outstanding strategy. I mean, someone from publishing is going to listen to this and be like, why didn't I collect swords? I would have had such a good meeting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah you know anime samurai swords um and then i'm an i'm a nerd about about baking yes you know? this is one of my questions i noticed in your twitter bake bio that it says baker and baking is incredibly nerdy i mean it's chemistry right it's a very yeah. specific chemistry and i like yeah. many people um have a have a sourdough starter from the pandemic its name is steve glutenberg <laughs> and i love it so much <laughs> it's really good too it makes great bread my my teenagers are obsessed when i make sourdough can we just eat the whole thing fine so what are you baking lately and is this a a pandemic habit like mine no no mine started um a while ago i think it started with cheesecakes so i do like challenging yeah, I love making cheesecakes. And then, you know, and the nerdy part comes in, not so much because I'm really good at the science of it. I'm good at the investigation part, right? So when I want to make something, like I'll try something and if it doesn't come out the way I want it to, um, you know, I then begin investigating. So, you know, eventually my whole kind of the way I approach baking now starts with the investigation. So I'll look at, I want to try something. I'll look at 12 different recipes, you know. And then I'll decide on something or I'll modify it based on this or whatever. Something goes wrong with it. I'm like, I got to look into it. And they'll be like, you should really use a copper bowl about, you know, so like I will go deep dive. Um, And then I'm super curious about like taste and texture, you know, so I have, you know, all my extracts and then I redid my whole kitchen. 
because I was like, like, this is not an eating kitchen. This is a baking kitchen. So I did a double oven and I did the, you know, I have an industrial baking rack. And because I went through a phase where I was doing sugar cookies a lot and, you know, there's a lot of like, I needed to cool them and, you know, I needed the stacks and then I was taking orders and, you know, doing, because I was just like completely nerding out. And I also nerd out on decorating. You know, so I love making things look beautiful. So I work with basically all the, all the, you know, all the things. So fondant and Italian meringue buttercream and Swiss meringue buttercream and, you know, and um, modeling chocolate. And, you know, I have molds, I have stencils, I have, uh, I can, um, you know, use, I use the, um, I have basically everything. Oh (laughs) my gosh. Decorate. I taught myself, you know, watching videos and other bakers that I really admire who were giving like classes online or on YouTube. And I just would learn how to, you know, do it and just kind of do it over and over and over again. So I can, I like making things look really beautiful. (laughs) I was like, and people were like, oh, it's too beautiful to eat. I was like, excuse me, it should be, that should be why you want to eat it. (laughs) So I always ask this question what books do you want to tell people about? Ah, you know, I was thinking about this question and I was thinking about it more along the lines of like what, um, what I'm reading, you mm-hmm. know, currently. And even of course, once I start thinking about what I'm reading, I start thinking about what I love to read my favorite authors. So currently I'm reading Before I Let Go by Kennedy Ryan, which is awesome. Kennedy so awesome. Ryan is so talented. It's yes. just staggering. Yes. <laughs> like I know the alphabet. I know all the letters in it. And then yes. Kennedy Ryan gets the alphabet. And it's like, I didn't know that was a thing you could do. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, Kennedy Ryan. Um, and then another author who I'm, I hope I'm saying uh, her name correctly, um, but Rue Nix. So um, she wrote uh, this uh, book called Gothica. Um, but then she also wrote It's Dark Romance. It's so good. <laughs> so I'm like I've, I like fell into her world and and I've been you know devouring that. Um, but then you know like I I always come back to and this is going to feel wildly divergent, but in a way it's not right. I always return to James Baldwin. You know, um, James Baldwin and Zora Neale Hurston are kind of like my authors that I return to in moments of needing to understand the world, and they are also authors that I return to in moments of joy, you know? Um, and I think for me, they are some of the authors who actually really taught me about love, you know, and the ability, like what love can do and what it looks like in the face of incredible challenge and incredible hardship. Yeah. Uh, how And what that actually like really, 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 really looks like. You know, and so I came across James Baldwin because my mom had a copy of one of his books in the house and I read him and I was too young to like fully understand everything he was talking about. But I remember feeling profoundly changed, you know? Yes. And then I went to the library and I just started reading all of his stuff. And, you know, again, too young to understand all of it, but just understanding at least enough to be like, oh my God, like my brain was like on fire, you know? And then Zora Neale Hurston, I didn't read until I was in college and I was so upset because I was like, why am I just now hearing about this woman? You know? And who didn't you tell know, me? 
who knew about this? Right. It didn't tell me. Yeah, I know exactly. that feeling. That's how I felt. It was just, it was like, it was like almost like this foundational shift for me being exposed to Zora's work, yeah. you know? Um, and so in a lot of ways, you know, as much as I was reading romance at a really young age, like they really kind of helped me kind of alchemize what that means in in a really meaningful way, um, which I think I also then ended up bringing back to my romances. I was reading them when I was, then when I started acquiring them, you know, et cetera. Um, and then kind of has helped shape the evolution of my thought about what they are. You wouldn't, I, I don't think you would ever expect anybody to say those two things together. Makes perfect sense to me though. You because know? one of the things I love about reading James Baldwin's writing is I love, I love reading writers who do the incredibly difficult work of reframing the way you see things when the default is so pervasive and so strong that it's hard to break the frame and say, actually, what if you considered things this way? Like, oh, oh. and it, right. you're right. It just like blows your mind. And romance does that all the time. Romance does the work of reframing. This is what sex is. This is what romance is. This is what, um, this is what a healthy relationship looks like. Romance is going to be like, no, what if we reframe that? What if we share it in a different way? And Kennedy Ryan does that. Yes. Yes. And I love how, you know, in, in, in romance, how, you know, like in other stories, it's like, well, you've got to get the thing and, you know, bring back the boon and go down into the cave and rescue it and you got to get the thing and it's the quest and, you know, and everything. Yeah. And in romance, you don't get, you don't win in the end unless you deal with your shit. Like, you know, like you have to deal with your demons and wrestle them to the ground in order to get your happy ending. Like you have to deal with your inner stuff. Yeah. And I, the quest is a symbol of that. And you do see that played out with, if it's done well, you see that the character does have to face a lot of inner demons and whatnot. But I love how that is romance almost like strips it down bare. And is like, if you want this love, mm -hmm. that is the best love that you've experienced in your life you have to overcome your fears in order to have it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do that. Yeah. If you do not, you will not have it. Yep. <laughs> and I love, I love that romance does that. Yeah. You know, one of the essential elements of romance is identity mm -hmm. and being identified and being seen, but also being your authentic self, which can be incredibly painful in the face of a lot of forces that can tell you to not be your authentic self. Which brings us back to James Baldwin, who exactly deals with that all up and down in his work. Yes. And just <laughs> his, his life is just fascinating. And but it's so rooted in love. It it's is. so it is so rooted in love. And I find that utterly, you know, amazing and powerful and yeah. just, you know, like I I will stop because I can keep talking about <laughs> talking about that. If you would ever like to, uh, to have a, an extended conversation for the podcast about romance and James Baldwin, I'm a hundred thousand percent here for it. It would be a beautiful thing. I, I will take you, I will do that. If you, if you say, let's do it like a month from now, I will do that. I will be there for it. I would be honored. Just, I will just hit record and sit back and hold my tea and be like, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> Absolutely. So where can people find you if you, if you wish to be found on the internet? <laughs> so I can be found. Um, I think the probably the best place to find me is on Instagram. Yeah. So it is Monique. So M O N I Q underscore N Y C underscore. And that's on Instagram. 
Awesome. I will link. Thank you so, so much for doing this and taking time out of an extremely busy first day to talk to me. I'm so honored that you agreed. Thank you so, so much. And seriously, we're so excited about Bramble. Well, thank you for having me on. Thank you for letting me talk about with you talk about romance and James Baldwin and all kinds of cool stuff. I'm really excited. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you so much to Monique for agreeing to sit down with me and do a whole interview on her first day at Bramble. You can find all of the links, all of the books, and all of the things we talked about in the show notes at smartpitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. I always end with a bad joke, and this week is no exception. This joke comes from the podcast Discord, which is a benefit of signing up for the Patreon. It is truly a lovely lovely community. We talk about books and TV shows and recipes and what we're crafting and what we're playing and what we're listening to. It's it's really lovely. And I am so very grateful to get to hang out with everyone there each day. This joke is from JF Hobbit. Are you ready? Okay. What do you call a magician that lost their magic? Give up? What do you call a magician who lost their magic? Ian. <laughs> <laughs> Ian. <laughs> Thank you, J.F. Hobbit. On behalf of everyone here, we wish you the very best of reading. Have a wonderful weekend and we will see you back here next week. Smart Podcast Trashy Books is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcast. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.